section forty six of the inheritance by susan edmundstoon ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter twelve let us proceed from celestial things to terrestrial cicero jests are as it were sauce whereby we are recreated that we may eat with more appetite but as that were an absurd banquet in which there were few dishes of meat and much variety of sauces and that an unpleasant one where there were no sauce at all even so that life were spent idly where nothing were but mirth and jollity and again that tedious and uncomfortable where no pleasure or mirth were to be expected sir thomas more again gertrude felt the bitterness of disappointment she had watched and hung upon every syllable that mr delmore had uttered but he made no mention of his brother and with all the timidity of love she felt it impossible to breathe the name on which her destiny was suspended the following morning saw miss pratt depart with all her packages and many reiterated professions and promises and scarcely had she left the house when mr adam ramsay arrived as uncle adam's visits like those of angels were few and far between his nieces welcomed him according to the rarity of the occurrence and as he appeared to be in unusual good humour he received their attentions with tolerable civility but even his civility was always of a rough nature something akin to the embrace of a man-trap or the gentle influence of a shower-bath while his kindness commonly showed itself in some such untoward shape as was more grievous to be borne than aught that malice could invent what's this come o'er ye my dear said he addressing gertrude with as much affection as it was in his nature to testify you're white and you're dull and you're no like the same creature you was and he gazed upon her with more of interest than of good breeding his remarks of course called the colour into gertrude's cheeks and miss black seeing her at a loss to reply hastened to relieve her by throwing the blame where in this climate it is always thrown upon the weather but uncle adam spurned the idea of the weather having the slightest influence on the health and spirits of anything but potatoes and leeches the weather repeated he contemptuously you'll no tell me that a shower o' rain can bleach a young creature's cheeks white or put the life out o her een but i'll tell you what it is it's the synagoguen the tabernaclin the salmon that goes on in this hoose that's enough to break the spirits a ony young creature my dear uncle said miss black with a smile now i'm no goin to enter into ony or your religious controversies cried mr ramsay holding up his hand and turning away his head but i'll tell you what i'll do my dear patting gertrude on the shoulder i shall tack you to see a sight that'll divert you and drive away the wild notions you've been getting your head stuffed with to gang and make a barn 
like that miserable will your nonsense with a fresh burst of indignation at his nieces then again softening down put on your bonnet my dear and come wi me as i came up the street the new i saw any they caravan things standin in the market-place wi a picture o a giant and a dwarf hangin on the outside and though i widen across the floor to see all the giants and dwarfs that e'er were born yet i can young folks like ploys of that kind so put on your things and i shall treat you to the show and he put his hand into his pocket and tumbled his money to and fro as much as to say i have plenty of shillings and sixpences and therefore you need have no scruples of delicacy as to taking advantage of my offer the cold drop stood upon mrs st clair's brow at the thoughts of her elegant distinguished daughter the future countess of rossville mingling with the canaille of a country town in a caravan to gaze upon a giant and a dwarf what would lord rossville say there was distraction in the thought yet she dreaded to offend uncle adam by a hasty rejection of his plan we are all i am sure sensible of the kindness that prompts your offer my dear uncle said she in her most conciliating manner but i am afraid the remedy you propose would only tend to aggravate the evil my daughter's complaint is headache occasioned solely by the confinement to which she has been subjected for some days and the close air of a caravan would be extremely prejudicial if i could have given her an airing but having no carriage of my own and the sentence died away in a sort of indistinct ejaculation about the misery of being dependent upon others for those accommodations you might let her speak for herself said mr ramsay with some asperity say what you would like best my dear and gertrude gladly availing herself of the excuse suggested declared that fresh air would be her best restorative mr ramsay pondered a while still turning his money like its thoughts to and fro at length after an apparently severe struggle he spoke weel since that's the case instead of taking you to the show i've no objection to hire a chaise and treat you to a ride i shall step to the blue boar myself and order an up so you may be puttin on your mantle and there will be room for three so you can settle among yourselves which o you is to gang mrs st clair had been caught in a snare of her own setting she had thrown out a hint about a carriage in hopes that her uncle's partiality for her daughter would have made him grasp at it at once and that he would have been induced to set up one for her sole use and accommodation this would have been a very convenient arrangement for her mother who could not get the command of lord rossville's quite so often as she wished her blood almost froze at the idea of a ride in a hackney chaise but it required more courage than she could master to oppose this second project and in silent despair she saw uncle adam snatch up his little old rusty hat and set off her only hope was that the blue boar equipages would be all engaged but that was soon at an end for in a short time uncle adam was descried returning on foot followed by a high-crowned jangling tottering chaise with a lame brown horse and a blind grey one urged along by a ragamuffin driver 
seated on a wooden bar almost touching the windows such was uncle adam's triumphal car and not boadicea when dragged captive at the wheels of her conqueror experienced bitterer feelings than did mrs st clair when she found herself compelled to take her place in this vehicle true she might have refused but at the certainty of affronting uncle adam who could stand anything but airs and to affront seventy thousand pounds was a serious matter especially in the present posture of affairs the iron steps were thrown down with a mighty clang as far as they could reach and having with some difficulty contrived to mount she seated herself with great disgust and ill-humour vainly attempting to disengage herself from the straw with which it was carpeted and which at once seized upon her silk stockings and lace flounces so much for the beauties of poverty whispered she in no very sweet accent to her daughter as she took her place beside her for heaven's sake pull your bonnet more over your face that you may not be recognized and she carefully adjusted her own veil in triple folds over every feature mr ramsay followed and the driver waited for orders war wad ye like to gang to my dear asked he of gertrude but it's all the same a road's just like another take the best and the driest to the driver but gertrude who had got her cue from her mother interposed saying if it is not disagreeable to you my dear uncle i should like to see your own bloom park bloom park repeated mr ramsay in evident discomposure what would a take ye to bloom park what's put that in your head i'm sure there's nothing to be seen there pardon me said mrs st clair seeing her daughter would not urge the matter but that beautiful specimen you gave gertrude of your greenhouse has made her absolutely pine to visit your flowers mr ramsay's brow looked rather thundery but after demurring a little with himself he desired the driver in a voice of repressed anger to take them to bloom park the patched cracked windows were drawn up the driver mounted his seat the horses were with some difficulty set in motion and off they went the chaise rocking and jingling as though it would never reach its destination to speak or at least to hear was out of the question so the party proceeded on their pleasure excursion in profound silence till at the end of an hour and a half of incessant jolting and clattering they found themselves at the gate of bloom park it was a fine showy modern place with a large handsome house standing in the middle of an extensive but somewhat new-looking park sprinkled with a few large old trees and many young ones still in their cages there was nothing picturesque or beautiful in the scenery but there was much comfort even luxury denoted in the appearance of the gay airy spacious mansion with its french windows verandas porticoes and conservatory in the smooth gravel walks diverging in all directions in the well-stocked fish-pond in the stupendous brick garden walls with flues and chimney-tops in the extensive range of hot-houses and in short all the appliances of affluence and enjoyment nothing could look more unlike the place than the owner that mr adam ramsay should have become the proprietor of such a place was the wonder of some and the ridicule of others 
but the simple fact was that upon this very estate the race if not the family of rameses had been born and bred and lived certainly time immemorial for it was in the humble rank of cotters here also lizzie lundy had first seen the light and here it was that uncle adam's youngest and happiest days had been spent for here they had ran about the braes and pooed the gowans fine and those seas between them brayed and rolled for many an intervening day and the grave had long closed over the object of his early affection he still cherished the fond remembrance of old lang syne before his return from india he had heard that the estate of broomy nose now changed into bloom park was in the market he became the purchaser partly as a means of investing money which he was rather at a loss how to dispose of and partly from a secret penchant towards it which however he would have scorned to acknowledge and perhaps of which he was scarcely aware great was his surprise and indignation however when he did visit it at beholding the ravages refinement and luxury had committed upon the primitive charms of broomy nose for pilgrims as we are in a stranger land how do our souls cling with fond tenacity to the simple memorials of transient childish parish joys but not a trace of his old haunts remained the banks and braes and nose had been all levelled with the dust the little wimpling burn fringed with sows and hazels where many a summer's day lizzie and he used to paddle for minnows was gone to swell some mighty stream the mavis hill a rude unenclosed eminence covered with wild roses and brambles and bluebells and sloes where many a mavis and lenty's nest had been found was now a potato-field not a wind scented the air and how often beneath india's burning sun had uncle adam sighed for a breeze from the winning braes of his native land but worst of all on the very spot where once stood his grandfather's and his father's old green slimy cabins with their fungus roofs and their kale yards and their middens now rose an elegantly ornamented dog-kennel that he instantly ordered to be demolished indeed it was said he had remained upon the ground to see it done and from that time he had never looked near the place till now that he had come in compliance with gertrude's wish but very contrary to his own inclination mrs st clair was in ecstasies with all she saw the interior of the mansion was perfection the suite of apartments elegant the furniture superb in short there was not a superlative she did not exhaust in attempts to express her admiration but the thought that was uppermost in her mind she would not have ventured to utter so readily viz that if the worst should happen and lord rossville should discard his niece there was another string to her bow at bloom park and she could almost have been satisfied to have renounced the ambitious prospects of the one for the luxurious certainty of the other but mrs st clair's raptures were completely thrown away upon uncle adam who cared not a rush what she or any one else thought of his property and he followed rather than led the way through his own house with a kind of dogged impatience as if his only wish were to be out of it this was not lessened when the news of his appearance having spread he found himself beset by a host of retainers indigenous to an extensive and neglected property greaves gardeners gamekeepers tenants at will and tenants on lease 
all came thronging with wants to be supplied and grievances to be redressed and all looking with evil eyes on the visitors in the fear of their becoming residents and so ending their respective reigns while the housekeeper as she went swimming on before in all the conscious dignity of undisturbed power detailed at great length all her own doings and sayings with the various means used by her for the preservation of the furniture and the annihilation of mice moths clocks and beasts of every description things are no just in the order i could wish said the old curmudgeon of a gardener as he unwillingly led the way to the kitchen garden and there's an awful heat here you'd better no come in for fear o called leddies as he produced the key of the extensive range of hot-houses and with a sour face found himself compelled to fill a large basket with the choicest of fruits which he had more profitable ways of disposing of at length mr ramsay's patience was exhausted and they set off loaded with the most exquisite fruits and flowers which as he possessed not the organs of either taste or smell for aught beyond haggis and southernwood he looked upon merely as a sort of artificial excrescences which grew about large houses Nu said he addressing gertrude as he seated himself in the chaise i didna begrudge this if it's to do you any good and as i telt you before gang wan you like and tag what you like but dinna ask me to gang wi' you for i'm ower all new to be plagued and deaved about drains and fences and young plantations out o doors and pipes and plaster and all the rest o't within and the gardener he cannot get the apples keep it and the gamekeeper he cannot keep the feasance preserved and i'm sure i dinna care though there was nay an apple or a pheasant in the kingdom if they would only let me alane it unquestionably would be a great advantage to the place as well as a relief to you to have the house occupied with some one who could take a judicious management began mrs st clair but a bitter look from her uncle made her perceive she was treading on dangerous ground and she allowed the noise of the carriage to drown the rest of the sentence End of section forty six